Welcome to the Ministry to Parents podcast. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth and Jeremy Lee. Welcome to the Ministry to Parents podcast. This is the podcast for church leaders that helps you build a ministry to parents. I'm Jeremy Lee. And I'm Elizabeth Lee. Thanks so much for joining in today. This is episode 48, and we are kicking off our last podcast for this series, Talking All Things Family Ministry. That's right. And on this episode, we have a guest, Dr. Brandon James. We found out mid-interview that he finished his doctorate. We were so excited for that. Uh, And listen, he is bringing lots of practical uh, useful things that you can use. He's not just a, a smart dude, even though he is. He also is bringing actual tips that you can use. You're going to enjoy this interview. He doesn't just uh, talk it. He walks the talk. We can verify that in his ministry setting. You're going to really enjoy learning from Dr. Brandon James. <laughs> Brandon James <laughs> is our guest today. He's a family pastor right outside of Nashville in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And uh, he is uh, just an amazing dude. I can't wait for him to kind of consult us uh, on the idea of family ministry and kind of talk about his passions for it and his experiences. Welcome, Brandon James. Well, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. What the audience doesn't know is the reason you saved me for last is because I learned everything I know from the two of you anyway. Stop it. Stop it. Let's just just put it all out there. I I think we're going on – uh, 20 years maybe. I'm thinking we we you know, met. I, 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 I think you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It was either either 19 or 20 years ago that I started interning, uh, working with you guys. And yeah, wow, uh, it's been a fun journey. And now you rule the world. <laughs> that that may be a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'll say you're my classic example of uh, when somebody says. I gave this advice the other day. Somebody, a young person, says. Uh, if I want to get my dream job, how do I go get it? And I'm like, well, I knew a guy one time who <laughs> picked the church he wanted to work at, showed up on the doorstep and said, I'll work for free. That's, and that's and they fell for it. And, <laughs> and you worked for free. And now you've literally worked yourself up to you're running the whole show. It's pretty amazing. You're basic. You're basically the guy from the Titans, right? You know what I'm talking about, that oh. FedEx guy. Wait, wait. You're making an NFL reference. Start, Brandon. We got to stop for a second. I'm an incredible so Titans fan, and my wife yeah, just made an Arthur Smith show. reference. What's his name? Arthur Smith. Yes, you're Arthur Smith in the ministry world. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. Taking over. Taking I'm, over. I'm so – this is very good. Okay, I'm back a happy to family husband. ministry. Okay, so when we met you, you were working yep. with just students. So yep. um, now you're a family pastor. So let's yep. start out first with why uh, Why do you think family ministry sh- matters? Because a lot of our audience, they are where you started, which is their right. student ministers or pastors, their children's okay. leaders. So um, – and currently – Probably 90% of how they're running their time, their budget, it's focused on uh, students or children. So yeah. what's the vision to why Why do you think family ministry matters? Yeah, I think that's a good question because the reality is most student pastors, children's pastors, when they're starting out, they're, they're in their 20s. They're young. And so the whole idea of family ministry can be intimidating. It can be overwhelming. You, you may not be married, or if you are, you may not have kids. If you do, they're, they're real little. You don't have the experience um, when it comes to that. And a lot of times parents will intimidate you and say, hey, what do you know? What are you telling me this for? Um, but the truth of the matter is I think family ministry matters because it's the heart of God. 
Um, you know, if you look at scripture, it's very clear God's design for the family is that the parents are the ones teaching their children the truths of God. And uh, we see that in Deuteronomy 6. But beyond that, there's so much, I guess, discussion or, or words in Scripture that talk about generational faith, right, where one generation commends to the next generation the mighty works of God. And so if we're going to be faithful to that, and if we understand research, which shows that parents are the influence, especially the spiritual influence, whether that's towards the Lord or away from the Lord, then if we as student pastors, pastors, children's pastors, if we actually really truly care about the heart of our children and our teenagers, then we're going to care a whole lot about influencing the ones who have the most influence, which is the parents. And so when you really put all of that together, you have to at least admit, man, we we may miss it more often than not, probably because we're either intimidated by it or we just love hanging out with students and that's why we got into it. But to be most effective, we're going to have to shift our, our focus and shift our really our philosophy and strategy to say there's got to be more to it than just that. Absolutely. You nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, when's the book coming out? Because that uh. is exactly <laughs> – um, so uh, you transitioned into this role. Uh, we've yeah. already kind of discussed that. Give us the story, though, because I think somebody's yeah. probably listening going, I want to transition into yeah. family ministry from my children's or student role. How right. do I do that? So how did you do it? Yeah. So my story is, you know, I, we don't have all day, so I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But I, I did. I started out as an intern and moved my way into leading our middle school ministry here at our church. And um, those were the years that that I'm really what I just talked about was speaking about myself. Right. Where um, I loved hanging out with students. I loved just the the, the pace of it and, and just the excitement of it. Um, but I, I just began to see and began to realize that the majority of the students that were really catching it were family or were, were from families that were really um, invested not just in the church, but just in the relationship with their children. And so that just began to stir my heart. Um, I took a stint overseas doing some mission work there. Um, and then when we came back, I came back to lead the student ministry here and uh, particularly hands-on with our high school ministry. And I really came into it with a desire to figure out how do we do student ministry, but how do we come alongside the parents as well? And so we began somewhat of a process even then of trying to identify how do we best uh, encourage parents? How do we best equip parents um, and really bring them along in the process? Um, And so it really, the shift for me took place even before the job shift. And so I would say to anybody who really wants the job shift to make sure you're doing it well or as best as you can in the current role that you are in um, because it's in that that you'll be found faithful that I think the Lord would open up doors more for the the I guess the position change there uh, but for me it was a I, I just began to, to sense in my heart God shifting some things as far as uh, desires and focus and um, and so our church was in a place where we had started what we call a next gen ministry here but we didn't really have anybody spearheading it and leading it. And so um, the timing really just worked out well for our church to say, hey, we really want to invest. We're a multi-generational church. And what we say is um, 
we do ministry for all generations, but we prioritize the next generation. Um, and so we really wanted to put some meat to that. And so the door opened for me to step into that role. So my title's family pastor, but I really, uh, for all intents and purposes, lead our next gen ministry, which is our preschool through high school ministry. Um, but where the family pastor role comes in is I do a lot of our parenting, a lot of our marriage equipping uh, things, as well as just serve on leadership role here uh, for the church as a whole. So um, that's kind of the shift for me. Um, and it, it was both what God was doing in my heart, but also the timing of what God was doing in our church at the same time. I really love what you had to say when you said, do the best you can in the current role. Yeah. And I think what incredible practical advice, because uh, it's sometimes easier to long for something rather than just do it where you are. Like the whole, you know, cliche, but bloom where you're planted deal. And I love that you said, hey, uh, practice doing family ministry work um, the, the best you can in the current role. So I want to take that, uh, I guess, into the practical realm. Like mm-hmm. how can they how can they do that while they're maintaining other responsibilities how can uh, they, like if it's a children's leader, and especially because you're working right with preschool children, mm-hmm. middle school, high school, how can they incorporate that while they're uh, maintaining other responsibilities? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and the reality is, you know, children's ministry, student ministry, it can be overwhelming. There's mm-hmm. so many different things you can do. And so part of it is just identifying what's the best thing to do. Right. And and so just like when we're looking at a calendar and planning a calendar for the year, you know, you, you get stuff in the mail all the time of things you can go to and mm-hmm. things you can participate in and, and you identify this is this is what it is. So so really for someone new or even someone that's been there for a while is revisiting what is our strategy? What is it that we believe is the best way to reach kids? And it, again, it goes back to. If, if parents are included in that, then we're missing the greatest influencer in that. And so, um, so, you know, I, I think part of it is just identifying your priority and your strategy in that. But I think the, the, the thing that can be too is it's not throwing out everything that you are doing. It's how do we incorporate ministry to parents and with parents in what we are doing. Right. And so, um, it's, it's really looking at it from that kind of, kind of a lens um, along the way. You know, the, the question as far as how do we reach parents while we're maintaining our responsibilities, one of the things that we did was vacation Bible school is a big deal around here for our children's ministry. And so for us, you know, for years and years and years, it was all about the kids were coming in and we're loving on the kids and they're having a great experience. We're teaching them about God, you know, those kind of things. Well, we said, well, we've got to figure out how to engage the parents along the way. And so what we did was we set out a tent out in the front of the church with a big giant sign that said the parent zone. And then we had free donuts, free chicken biscuits from Chick-fil-A. I mean, we had all the works, right? So that when parents are coming in with their kids, the kids are like, Oh, we want to realize, sorry, this is just for your parents because we value your parents, you know, and the kids are all mad, but the parents are like, Oh really? That's for me. And so, uh, so we said, yeah, go drop your kid off and then come back by and grab you some, some breakfast, some coffee. Um, and then we had just some resources and just some encouragement, some, some things that they can do for the summer, a little booklet that we put together. That's got, you know, the, the conversations you can have in the car with your kid or around the table, or here's a calendar, some things coming up or, you know, just some different things like that. And so doing 
identifying what are we already doing and then what are just some new creative ways that we can engage face to face with a parent in the midst of that. And so because the reality is, particularly with middle school and below, guess who's bringing the kids? Right. It's, it's the parents. And so figuring out how do I engage them uh, in the midst of what we're already doing is really um, a, a huge strategy for that. Good example. Yeah. There's somebody right now taking notes. That idea will be stolen. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, and that's really great. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, but yeah. but here's another reality, and we just want to keep drilling down to like yeah. what the average person listening to this is dealing with. A lot of them don't have chicken biscuit budgets, you know. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. They they can't even get a chicken biscuit, man, and they and yeah. they don't have any money to spend. So what's a way that they can do this uh, without 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 having the resources? What are some ways yeah. they can begin ministry to parents without money? Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. That's fair, right? Um, let me let me answer it this way. So uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I recently did some doctoral work, and it. Kick my rear Congratulations. Head. I didn't Thanks. know that. Yeah. Are you yeah. like Dr. Yeah. Brandon James? I, hey, Dr. I, Brandon. I am. It's scary. I'm right? so sorry. I didn't introduce, um, we didn't introduce you. Well, sorry. You know, hey, everybody. I'm welcome, gonna, Dr. Brandon I'm James. James. Family pastor. I'm not, not going to hold it against you. <laughs> but what I did realize, so I did my, my doctoral work on this idea of cultivating generational faith and how do we do that? And what I realized was it happens best when the church and the home are linked together, right? There's a lot of churches that are saying, Hey, we just got to be the church. And we're just, we're going to reach kids and we're just going to go after it. Right. Kind of disconnected from the idea of family ministry. But I think there's some who go so far to say, what's the job of the parents? And they, they kind of, I guess in using it as an excuse to be lazy and what they do as well um, to say, well, it's just the parents responsibility. They're the influencers. So they got to do it. But what I think we see in scripture and in research is, that it's when the church and the home link arms together and it's, and it's both. And so to, to, the long way of answering the question, how do I do it for free is, is geared around this. What I found was in, in a long-term study that this guy named Vern Bingston did was he identified three factors that lead to faith being passed down across generations. And it had nothing to do with doing a Bible study together it had nothing to do with any of that stuff. These were the three. The first was that there was a strong bond with that family in the in a in a local church, right? So so there was a not just an attendance factor, but a bond between that family and the church. The second one was that the parents were modeling faith. Um, it wasn't something that they just uh, said that they did, but they actually lived it out. They practiced it in the home in front of the kids. And then the third was the emotional relational equity that the, that the parent had with the child. So in other words, there was this warm affirming relationship that the parent had fostered with their kids. And so when I, when I read that, it was really fascinating to me because I realized the things that we do for family ministry need to be geared around helping foster those three things in the life of a family. Right. So how can you develop a strong bond between your family and the church? Well, that's just that's just good ministry work. Right. So that means you're making phone calls to parents and just reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I'm your your son or your daughter, a student pastor, children's pastor. And um, 
man, I just, I care a lot about them. I, because of that, I care a lot about you. Is there any way that I can just come alongside you and your family and just help you all connect better in our church? Right. Well, that, that didn't cost you anything. That just cost you some time and some energy. Right. But that's effective ministry because what you're doing is you're helping, you're taking the initiative to help the, the family be able to connect better and have a greater I guess, bond with the church at that point, right? Um, the other thing is just creating opportunities for uh, families to do life in the church together, right? And so um, that can be as much as, hey, we're going to have a, a church picnic, but it's a – I mean, we did this the other day for our church. We did um, a prayer walk at all the local schools. And so we encourage families to go and prayer walk the school that they go to together, Right. Kids, don't matter age, you got you go all together and then let's come and let's have a picnic together. By the way, you bring your own dinner to the picnic. It didn't cost us a dime. Right. But what we were doing was we were giving really all three of these points here. We're helping the family connect in, in relationship with the church. We're giving them the parents opportunities to model in front of their kids to pray with them and, and model um, being in the community, loving the community, things like that. And then just having fun, you know, playing volleyball or throwing the football with other families and with each other. You're, you're, you're helping create those memories together. And so by doing that, um, you're, you are really infusing, I guess what I would call the pipeline or the wiring that's going to have faith infused from you as the parent to your child. And so, you know, it's just really, it's just thinking of how do I create these moments? Um, and it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. It's just got to create the opportunities for them. Cause a lot of times they're not going to seek it out for themselves. Sure. Sure. You're, yes. You're providing them opportunities. Um, <clears throat> so if they could do and all the suggestions and all the things you've seen over the years, if they could, if there was just one thing they could do, like just, you know, start small, right? Because sometimes they, yeah. you know, one, if, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like yeah. if they could start small, uh, would you suggest starting out doing the, like your idea of the VBS thing or your, your idea of the uh, events? Would it be an event or would it be something smaller? You know what I mean? Like what would you recommend yeah. that would be one yeah, thing I they could do? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I, I think, I mean... My easy out on that to not give the specifics to say you got to sure. know your culture and you got to understand what the need is, mm-hmm. right? If, if, if there's no understanding at all as to what this is, you know, and there's never, never really been done anything done, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, part of it's getting your, your parents together and just kind of casting some vision and helping them understand direction. So I think that's part of it. Um, if, if it's a thing where you're new and there's no relational equity that mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. then you need to figure out a way, how do I put myself in front of parents and just relationally connect with them? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because the, the, my, my actual answer is that if, if you can do nothing else, but one thing it's equip them, but, if you don't have the relational equity with them, mm-hmm. then it's going to be difficult for you, particularly if you're younger, to stand in the gap and, and try to – they're going to say, what What are we doing here? Um, so the, found, my, the foundation you're saying is equip them, but you, that's basically the, the, the house. That, if there's one thing, that's the house. But the foundation yeah. is have relationships. So yeah. if you don't have that, start by standing in a hallway and right. ask a dad or a mom just questions about themselves. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I would say that you can do too is if you can identify some of the core families 
uh, in your ministry, in your church and just say, Hey, can we just get together? Can I take you to lunch or can we just sit, sit down for a meeting and just share your heart, right? Just share your, your vision and some scripture and, and help them see what you're wanting to do. And then just ask a lot of questions and just listen. What is it that they're experiencing as parents? What are the struggles? What are the cultural influences that they're facing? Um, one of the things I learned from Jeremy is figuring out what the pain points are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the pain points that will drive a parent to want information. Um, what I've, if I've learned anything over the years, it's that unfortunately, um, parents don't care as much about the, uh, just the generic spiritual growth kind of equipping mm-hmm. opportunities sure, sure. Um, because it's not painful for them. Right. Well, they're um, in survival mode. And when you're in survival survi- mode, that's exactly you, right. you got to get the needs met. That's exactly right. And so uh, I, being able to identify what those are, but I did find one thing interesting. Um, you know, for a lot of times I always thought that if parents understood that it was God's design for them to be the spiritual leader and they understood the actual influence that they really had. So if we could just yell that at them, then they would get after it and do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what I realized was that's completely wrong. Parents mm. do understand God's design. Parents do understand that they're the influencer. Parents just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the books I read explained why, and there were two factors. One is the easy one that we all know it's time, right? Parents mm-hmm. are busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like you said, they're in kind of survival mode. Mm-hmm. But the second one was this is they said, I think it was like over 90 something percent of parents said, we just don't feel equipped to know how mm-hmm. to. Right. And, and one of the, one of the statements in the book kind of shook me because it, the question was, has the church ever reached out to you personally and asked how they can help you spiritually lead your kid? And it was over, I mean, it was single digit percent said yes. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. we have failed as ministry leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so if, if you can do anything, it's reach out to your parents and say, how can I come alongside you? Mm-hmm. If nothing else, then they know that you care. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and, and so we've, we've got to be found faithful in that. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, we're, we're really in a season of how can we better equip our parents? How can we resource them? How can we come alongside them so that they can't say, I didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's up to them whether they do it. It's, sure. it's our job to, to put it in front of them uh, and make it simple. Right. Make right. it simple. And I love and to do that requires, as you said, relational equity, which requires listening. Yeah. It just and yeah. that which requires time. And sometimes I think it's hard to think, well, my time as a as a church leader, is it best spent? By sitting and having a conversation with someone for 20 minutes, you know, right. and I think sometimes right. that that's the choice that could be hard as a ministry leader. Yeah. You know, it is. It is. Well, and the, the truth of the matter is our big mantra really that came out of the covid season for us is it's people over task. There you right. Go. Because in in next gen ministry, there's so many tasks that have to get done to get all the programming done, the events. I mean, there's so many tasks. Right. And what happens is we neglect the people in the name of the task. And and when we do that, we miss a lot of opportunity. Yes. Agreed. Well, Dr. Brandon James, (laughs) this has been fabulous, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it's it's been a a joy. I love talking about this kind of stuff. It's it's obvious. Um, Hint, hint. I think you should do it more. Wink, wink. 
Because right? you're really good at it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. If there is um, the book that you said that you have that was influenced you, if there's a reader that's listening to this podcast, what yeah, can you? T- yeah. What's the name of the book again? Yeah, so there's a book called Families and Faith: How Religion Is Passed Down Acro- Across Generations by Vern L. Bingston. That's the one that's a multi generational study. It's fascinating because it it doesn't just look at it from a Protestant perspective; it looks at it from Catholic background, Jewish background, Mormon oh, background. Um, a, a non-faith background and what are the common den- den- uh, denominators? Yeah, regardless of the faith, it's it's being passed down, right? And, and really it's how religion, and so they're looking at it from that perspective. But it, it was really just fascinating. Um, you know, the, the one that passes faith the most or religion the most yes. is Mormonism. Okay. Mm. And why is right. that? Did they have the... Yeah, I mean, it, it's really those three things, those three factors that I mentioned. They do those so well. Um, but partly, a lot of it is just their um, expectation. I mean, it talked about how the teenagers, the Mormon teenagers that are committed, right, they're going to seminary-type courses mm-hmm. every morning before they even go to school, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they're being trained and they're being developed, and it's just it's part of their DNA. Um, and so, I mean, obviously there's some, some works based mentality behind that. Sure. But, sure. Um, you know, we don't obviously believe, but it's, I think we can learn from them mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to passing on faith. So, so that, that's a good one. Um, there's several others. There's a book called connecting church and home by Dr. Tim Kimmel that uh, was pretty influential just helping me understand it's both the church and the home. Um, and then, you know, several others, but those are just two random ones. Oh, but that's so good because I think the people who, uh, especially those who love to learn and study so they can wrap their mind around an idea, these yeah. are really two great resources. So yeah. thank you for suggesting yeah. them. Absolutely. Well, uh, listen, this has been great. You put a nice little bow on Family Ministry Month, and uh, we thank you so much for investing in us and uh, coaching us, and uh, we just are love and appreciate you. Yeah, man, I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, grateful for you guys and the work and ministry you're doing. Mm. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Brandon. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining in on the Ministry to Parents podcast. This has been an incredible series talking all things family ministry. Thank you, Michelle Craddock and Nick Mobley, Greg Clydesdale and Dr. Brandon James. We have loved having you this month. Yes, it's been great. And listen, if you guys want to know anything more about ministry to parents, you've heard some of our guests refer to how they use it. Well, this is the way you can get a glimpse of it for yourself without having to pay a dime. You can go to ministrytoparents.com forward slash free. And when you do that, you can get a sample, free sample of some of our resources, send them out to the parents in your church, see if they like it. And if they do, maybe you might want to talk to us about becoming an M2P member. Uh, we love uh, our, our members. We love our listeners. Thank you guys for being with us today. Thanks so much for joining in. This is the podcast for church leaders that helps you build a ministry to parents. You've been listening to the M2P podcast. To download free parent resources, go to ministrytoparents.com.